Welcome to this week's episode of Menopause Matters. This week, Suzanne and Valerie will be talking openly and honestly about their perimenopause experience and what they did to take charge of their menopause journey. We hope you enjoy it. Welcome to Menopause Matters. This is your weekly podcast designed for women in their post-reproductive years and beyond, really. But specifically, if you're in perimenopause or menopause, then this podcast is for you. We are your hosts. I am Valerie Williamson. And I'm Suzanne Boutillier. We both work here at The Cusp, and like you, we're navigating our own menopause journeys. How's your journey going, Valerie? Yeah, it's been good days, bad days. Today's a good day, though. (laughs) Yeah, good. I'm glad. Um, Anyway, we started this podcast to bust myths and taboos of menopause. And there are a lot out there. Believe me, we've heard a lot of them, and they're shocking. Um, (laughs) And also to provide a resource and really a community for women in the second halves of our lives. To be honest, I think it can be the best half of our lives if we address menopause head on, um, you know, when we take control of this transition, we manage our symptoms in the moment, but we also set ourselves up for long-term health. So really this is the time to take charge. Yes. And I feel like I'm taking charge on a daily basis. I always felt that way pre perimenopause and I'm embracing that head on. And the only way to do that is for us to all all educate ourselves about what perimenopause is, what menopause is, what to expect, how to really take care of yourself during this journey. And what we're going to do here on Menopause Matters each week, we're going to have special guests who are experts in post-reproductive care, and we're going to bring this conversation around menopause out in the open. Hallelujah! What we've noticed, I mean, if you're anything like I am or was when I was going through perimenopause is that we're very comfortable talking about what happens to our bodies and minds during puberty and our childbearing years. But for some reason, we all clam up and just pretend that menopause isn't happening or we just don't recognize that what we're feeling and what we're experiencing is actually menopause. Yeah. Or or we're in denial. Like we might have an idea that it's menopause. But, you know, I started, I had my first hot flash at like 40 and I thought, oh my God, I'm too young for hot flashes. I'm, you know, I'm not ready to shrivel up. Um, but Expiring. Exactly. And here's the thing. I was thinking about menopause as an ending, right? Yeah, that seemed really unappealing. But what you know, Valerie, and what I know, and a lot of other people have found is that menopause actually opens doors to what I like to call a new experience of of what it means to be a woman, a new experience of femininity. And, um, you know, my experience is totally different from Valerie's and, you know, yours is different than ours, dear listener. But when we embrace these changes in our bodies and our minds, we can feel really empowered. Yeah, uh, absolutely. 
So again, we're going to bring those experts to the table. We're going to talk about the ways that Suzanne, as Suzanne just said, that we can embrace this journey head on. We're going to do it in an open and honest way. So yeah, we're going to talk about our vaginas, right, Suzanne? Yeah. I love talking about my vagina. I do too. <laughs> it's, it's my favorite friend. But we're also going to talk about some of those other things that are quite uncomfortable subjects like sex, intimacy, all of that. So we want to start by telling you about our experiences and our experience with perimenopause and menopause, our journeys. And hopefully you'll see a little bit of yourself in our journeys. And hopefully you'll be able to feel a little bit more comfortable understanding that there are resources and treatments and plans around things that can help you on your journey. Because this doesn't have to be, I hate it when people say menopause, you got to suffer through menopause. I don't consider this suffering, right? I'm actually taking control of my health right now. This is the time in my life where I'm taking control of my health. I'm taking control of, of the treatments that I can do. I've done the research, but more importantly, I've aligned myself with experts so that I'm not Dr. Google and going to Google MD and trying to figure this out on my own. Although I did some of that too. (laughs) I did that too early on. We do that early on, but then what, you know, you, it's misinfodemics. I think there's that Atlantic article on misinfodemics and where people are actually going to the internet and thinking that what they're reading on WebMD is the truth and that that's the extent of their research. It's online. It must be true. Right. So yeah, we're going to talk about how perimenopause and menopause, uh, how perimenopause went down for us and how, in my case, menopause is going down for me right now. So Suzanne, could you tell us a little bit, let's start with what's the definition of perimenopause? Yeah, yeah. So um, perimenopause starts maybe five to 10 years before your last period happens. So uh, for me, as I mentioned, I had my first hot flash when I was 40. And so that's very typical starting in the early 40s. And then I had my last period I think it was when I was 51 and a half or 52 sometime. I know when I was on vacation <laughs> at the time, it was lovely. So yeah. And again, that's a pretty typical time for, for that last period to hit. What happens in those five to 10 years are wildly fluctuating hormones. Um, sometimes they're waning. Sometimes they're surging. Um, you also have, you guys probably know this, irregular periods. Um, sometimes they're wildly irregular. Sometimes you skip a period or more than one period. Sometimes they come, you know, every two weeks. But sometimes, and this is where it's tricky. This is where it's hard to know that it's perimenopause. Sometimes they're just slightly different. Like instead of every 28 days, they're every 26 days or every 30 days. And you might not even notice that they're becoming irregular. But when they start getting more irregular, I, I always kind of had irregular periods. But when they started getting more irregular, it was probably a good indication that I was in perimenopause. The other thing about perimenopause that makes it hard to realize or hard to recognize is that the symptoms come and go. So if, you're, if your hormones are just starting to, to fluctuate and every now and then they surge and every now and then they wane, then it's not like you're constantly dealing with these, these symptoms of hot flashes or moodiness or... Um, or, you know, tears for no reason. It just comes every now and then. So you can pass it off as, oh, maybe it was just a bad day. Maybe it was something I ate. 
right? Right. I was, I was certainly certain that I was eating weird stuff and it was causing this. Why am I crying during this McDonald's commercial? Right, right. It must be the hamburger. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So all this, uh, all these things conspiring in your body um, start to bring about some interesting experiences, um, some interesting symptoms, you know, I, I, I can kind of launch into how my journey went. Tell um, us about it. So it started with like moments of forget forgetfulness. I would, uh, I would walk into a room. Everyone's done this probably. <laughs> Listen, walk into a room, like on a mission, get to the room and have no idea what on earth I was there for. And I'd have to like sort of walk back out again and think, what was I thinking about? And, and retrace my, my steps to figure out why I walked in there. I would have occasional hot flashes, mm-hmm. not often in the beginning. But like the tricky thing for me is when I was entering perimenopause, I was also entering parenthood as a single woman. I, I was a late bloomer in many respects. And I became a, a mother at 45 at, via adoption. And, and I was like, once my first and second child became like toddlers, I thought, God, I never thought I was going to be such a, a yeller, you know? <laughs> I thought I was, you know, like I did this calm, like Zen-like mother and I was yelling at them. Right. And, and I just thought I was a terrible parent. And not a terrible parent, not a terrible I was parent. Certain it was me. And well, it turns out a lot of that irritability had to do with this like estrogen deprivation in my body. Right. Oh, and by, you know, my kids were being jerks. So um, <laughs> that happens, that happens, <laughs> especially, you know, I think three years old to five, right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, to, or, you know, to 12, to 12. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. And then there are other things like around the same time, like I went from having like a bladder, like a steel trap to having a bladder, like a sieve. Like if I had to go, I had to go right away. Right. Um, what else was happening? Uh, yeah. I, they were just the, the, these, all these random things were happening, but they didn't seem to be related to each other. Right. Yeah. And so, so I, how did you, how did you find out though? How, how did you my know? Mom, my mom. mom. Yeah. Call me. Oh, I like telling her about like a couple of them and she's like, Oh, well, honey, you know, you're in meta- perimenopause. And I'm like, what? Oh, 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 okay. <laughs> did well, you, yeah. did you find, because uh, this is what I found as I've gone through this journey is that people know what menopause is. Women are all ready for menopause. We sort of heard about it in the back of our mind, but when you heard the word perimenopause, what did you, because when I first heard it, my first thought was, what do you mean perimenopause? What is, I know perimenopause, like a periwinkle. (laughs) I know it means before, but what the hell is this? I know I'm supposed to expect menopause. What there's a, there's another stage. (laughs) You know, I, I had heard the term and I knew it was about, I just didn't think it would last so long or would start so early. I was expecting maybe I might hit that at 47, (laughs) not 40, 41. So yeah. Yeah. But the interesting thing, you know, like having her say that to me all of a sudden made me feel like, Oh, well now, now I can start looking for a solution. Now Mm -hmm. I can do something about it. Mm -hmm. Um, It took me a long time to find them. Like I said, I tried to play Dr. Google for a while. But eventually I found some things that started working and then I found better things and I'm still finding better things. Cause like, it's a process, right? It's your, my symptoms continue to evolve. And I'm, you know, I've, I'm post-menopause now. 
But um, so yeah, it's it's but like just knowing what it was made me feel like I could do something about it, right? Yes, that and that is more empowering because otherwise you sit back and you feel a little helpless, right? Yeah, you feel like you're going a little bit nuts, right? And the people around you think that they're helpless too, right? And they think you're nuts. (laughs) Certainly thought I was nuts. I'm always your. Tell me your your story. Yeah, my my perimenopause journey was a bit different. And that's that's what I found out too by talking to women and talking to friends like you, Suzanne, that we all have a very, very different journey. And actually the symptoms and the things that I'm going through are very, very different than what my friends are going through and like what you were going through. And for me, I call it the two eyes. Uh, at around 44, I suddenly started having irregular be- bleeding and irritability. And when I say irritability, you were talking about the craziness. Um, I think my husband thought I was going absolutely insane and that I was nuts. Mm-hmm. And it was un- it felt uncontrollable, this rage that would boil exactly. up, right? And you, like, you, you, you feel yourself being that person that you never thought you would be, but you can't stop it. You can't. And it's almost like having an out-of-body experience because yes. the, the same you leaves your body and is looking down at this insane person mm-hmm. and going, who is that? Oh, that's me. <laughs> okay. What do I do it's about that? Like that <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, the two eyes, irregular bleeding and irritability. And what happened with me, it started with the irregular bleeding and the irregular bleeding was uh, debilitating in some ways. Like I would have periods that would be so heavy and last for seven, 10 days. And I'd have it. And then 28 days would go by on my regular cycle. And then I wouldn't have my period. And I'd be like, am I pregnant? And then two days later or five days later, it would start again. And it would be another seven to 10 days. And then it would spread out. And it would be every 60 days that I would have this just debilitating, like bedridden periods. And I didn't know what was going on. And I went to my OBGYN and she didn't even say at that point it was perimenopause. She just said, yeah, okay, we're going to give you this pill. You're going to take it for 30 days and then you're going to stop. And then you're going to bleed for about two weeks uncontrollably. And that's going to, that'll, you'll be right as rain after that. Great. Yeah. Did that. And then that was not a very helpful thing at all. Uh, But more importantly, it was just that irritability that I was feeling. And again, that out-of-body experience, that rage that, you know, what somebody didn't load the dishwasher properly. That was always my thing. You got to load the dishwasher properly. We're wasting water. Like somehow I became this person that was completely concerned with water conservation, (laughs) which I think is a really good thing, but I was doing it in an area. Right. For California, exactly. But I was doing it in a very irrational and an insane way. Uh, didn't really notice who I was. This whole period of perimenopause with irregular periods, irritability, all of that went on for about seven years. And then my I switched gynecologist. And this one said, I you're yeah, didn't even give it a name. See, I feel like that name calmed me down. Like, because one of the things I, I've started putting together was, all right, I'm forgetting things. I'm sometimes having a hard time finding the right word. And I'm angry all the time. All right, great. I've got Alzheimer's at 45. I, mean, I, I started like trying to self-diagnose and like 
just knowing it was perimenopause, like, oh, great. It's not all those other scary things I was thinking about. Yes. And you're right. We go through that Russian roulette of, is it Alzheimer's? Is it osteoporosis? Am I having a heart attack? Am I, you know, do I need to go check myself into a mental facility? <laughs> you know, all of that. Um, is my family going to do that? I thought my first hot, hot flash was a heart attack. Yes. Uh, because I kind of got... I think my heart was palpitating mm-hmm. and, and I've never felt that kind of rush of heat in such a way. It kind of comes from the inside instead of like being hot from the outside. And I was a little dizzy and I was driving and I thought I'm, I'm, I'm going to have a heart attack and I'm going to get in an accident, but it was just a hot flash. Right. Right. Uh, hot flash for me was very similar, but it radiated from one part of my body, which was right around my abdomen. Oh, mine's my chest. Yeah. And it was just a very bizarre feeling for me. The other thing that started happening as well as I was coming out of what I call going from the perimenopause into full menopause was the weight gain. I used to have this amazing metabolism. I could eat whatever I want and I would burn it off while sleeping, right? I also had a very voracious sexual appetite. I loved having sex with my husband, absolutely loved it. And then suddenly around like 52, 53, I was like, do not touch me. And my weight gain was out of control. And I felt, well, you know, they, and they I didn't feel sexy. Right? They do. Right? Like all of a sudden you don't feel like you don't feel like your attractive self that you like to feel like, and you don't yes. really want to feel that way when you're having sex. So I used to sort of push it away. You push it away. Yes. And that's what I was doing. I suddenly went from wanting sex all the time to not wanting sex at all. I did not feel attractive. I, my diet hadn't changed. I've always eat, you know, had a healthy eating habits. Um, and then suddenly uh, I, I had all this weight gain. I, I think part of it was there's a lot of stress going on in the external factors too. So I started drinking more. Right? Um, yeah, that'll do it. That'll do it. And I was drinking red wine and then that very much tied into my hot flashes. I can't drink red wine anymore. Yeah. Right? I'm only white wine drinker now. Yeah. That's all I can. That's all I can drink. And, and I'd exercise, but I wouldn't lose the weight. Right. Yeah. And that was really hard. So I didn't feel sexy. I felt bloated in, in fat. Right. And that's when I knew, looked back on the past year and I thought, wow, I have not had a period in over a year. I think this is it. I think I'm now postmenopausal, right? And, and nobody tells you that you just, it's really perimenopause is this big, long, years long experience. And then suddenly you haven't had your period for a year and menopause is that one day in time. That's it. It's one day. Menopause one is one day. Yeah. Yep. And then, and then you're postmenopausal. And I thought, great, I'm, I'm, I'm done. And yeah. now it's all going to go away, right? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. No, that didn't happen. <laughs> and now we have new experiences. Yeah. I mean, for me, there, I definitely have different symptoms and new symptoms. I still have some of the old ones, um, but they're not, they don't sneak up on me anymore, you know, because mm-hmm. our, our hormones have leveled out now, right? Right. So it's more like a, a steady flow of, of symptoms instead of, these sneak attacks. And I think we're getting the treatment that we need. Well, that. I, I keep forgetting that. Yes. 
So yeah, hormones are very, (laughs) very good to me. I love, love my hormones. I know that, that there's a lot of misinformation out there and we're going to tackle the misinformation about hormone therapy in later episodes, but yeah, because I, I, had a lot of that misinformation and misunderstanding about it. And I never would have considered it, which is why I was um, taking more of like, first I went sort of natural supplement route, then I had some other medication route and and they did fine for a while. So it worked great. Um, But once I under better understood hormones, I was like, Oh, okay. I think this is probably the way for me to go. And so far I've been right. So. Yes, exactly. And I don't think ourselves, we, yeah, we are getting ahead of ourselves because what I don't, Suzanne and I, while we are two women that are going through menopause, we are not doctors, but we're going to bring doctors on to be able to talk about this because I think it's important to hear from experts. And I want to talk about what an expert is in menopause for a second with Suzanne, because we have the great fortune of working with menopause experts. So Suzanne, tell, why don't we talk to our listeners a little bit about like what a menopause specialist is, what that means, and how the medical community finally caught up yeah, with women. Definitely. So um menopause experts, they are a rare breed, come to find out. I think it was was it AARP that put out that study a while ago mm-hmm. that um said that found out that only 20% of OBGYNs get any menopause training in residency. 20%. Crazy. So, so what four out of five OBGYNs don't really have all the knowledge and experience that they need to have to treat menopause um, in an expert manner. So um, it's hard to find one. Uh, I saw several OBGYNs before I uh, discovered one that actually specializes in menopause. That made a huge difference. And what we did at the CUSP, which is kind of cool, is we didn't just find OBGYNs with menopause specialty. Um, There are also um, naturopaths out there who specialize in post-reproductive care for women. There are also um, integrative medicine practitioners who uh, look at all different ways of treating uh, treating people who focus on women in their post-reproductive years. So they look at everything from lifestyle adjustments to uh, natural supplements to medications to uh, hormones, you name it. So there are all these different kinds of practitioners who focus on menopause. And the more information and the more perspectives you can get, I feel the easier it is for you to make a decision based on what you feel comfortable with, um, not what one particular doctor tells you is the way to go. Yes. And A lot of this, as you said, they are a rare breed and they're a rare breed that's finally catching up with women because more and more OBGYNs and more and more naturopaths are becoming menopause experts. And they do that by aligning themselves with societies like the North American Menopause Society or NAMS. You'll hear us talk a lot about NAMS. Ladies, if you're out there and you are looking for a menopause specialist, ask if your OBGYN is NAM certified, or even if your primary care physician is NAM certified, because we're finding that primary care physicians are starting to look into this more because they see their patients aging and they are understanding, especially with women's health and post-reproductive care, 
that having that specialty and, and truly, truly understanding what their patients are going through as they do age is important. They can give better care in that way. So you'll hear us talk a lot about NAMS, it's North yeah. American Menopause Society. You have to be certified for that. A lot of the there's a testing process that you yeah. have to go through and annual conference, all of that. Majority of the CUSP providers are NAM certified, which is great. I think that's the important thing is that the medical community is finally catching up to women that yeah. are going on this journey. And they hadn't been. And I think we're in a very golden, a golden era for that. And I think part of that is because we as women are finally talking about menopause more openly. We're not accepting that it's a grin and bear it condition. We're looking at it and saying, how can we find the solutions to help us get relief for some of these symptoms that might be debilitating or get relief for some of these, you know, the mental stress that we're under that is caused by those hormonal imbalances. How do we get relief for that? How do we tackle that? Yeah. And yeah. get get help with the weight gain. How do we tackle that? My metabolism has changed. So now what do I need to do to help me maintain my weight and ideal weight so that I don't run at risk of being diabetic, so I don't run more risk for osteoporosis. How do I do all of this right now? And I think the medical community, as I said, finally catching up with us. And that is so heartening to me. And you know, you bring up a great, a great point there, Valerie, is we were talking a lot about our our experiences and our symptoms through perimenopause and menopause. And and now that we're managing them in a way that's working for us. Great, we don't have the symptoms anymore. So, like in the moment, we've solved that problem. And and what Valerie just brought up is that it's much bigger than that, mm-hmm. right? It's not just about solving for the symptoms because these symptoms, like weight gain, for instance, which is pre- precipitated by the, our drop in estrogen as we as that starts to fizzle out. Once we start gaining weight, and it's usually around the belly area, it's called mm-hmm. visceral fat, right? Mm-hmm. This is the kind of weight that's hardest to lose. And it makes us more susceptible to type 2 diabetes, yep. heart disease. There are, there are consequences of not dealing with these symptoms now, and they reach far into the future. Yes, that longitudinal health. And yep. We have to set ourselves up for that. So we need to take care of ourselves now. And what we're hoping to do with Menopause Matters in this po- podcast is bring all this to light and help you take care of yourself so that you can avoid those things in the future. You can avoid uh, osteoporosis is another one. And there, there have been studies that have been coming out. You, you said this when you were talking about forgetfulness, what is happening? Do I have Alzheimer's or what? But there have been studies that are showing that that drop in estrogen can also contribute to uh, a more, uh, you're more likely a a likelihood to get Alzheimer's in women and Alzheimer's affects women more than men right now. Yep. That's, that's that's one of the little flags that um, was raised that had, has researchers starting to look at, could there be an estrogen link? Right. And we're going to talk to experts again about all of that, because what we want to, the other myth we want to bust here is that hormone replacement therapy and going in and 
if you're losing that estrogen, giving yourself a boost of that estrogen and maintaining and, and moderating those levels, those things are not, there's been some studies in the past about how there's a link between HRT and cancer. So we're going to bust some myths about that too, right? Yeah. Um, we're busting all kinds of things. We're going to bust all kinds of things. Yes. And we're going to talk about our vaginas. I know we did not talk much about our, we didn't talk about our vaginas that much today. Opportunity. My God. I know, but we can't, you know, we can't boil the ocean in one episode. Susie. No, I mean, I could throw in a little vaginal dryness if you really want me to. No, let's save that. Let's okay, save, we'll that. Save, we'll yeah, save that. We're going we're gonna, to, we're going to save episode. libido, <laughs> vaginal dryness, all these things, what you can do about it right? For future episodes, but yeah. So this was great. I mean, Suzanne, I always love talking to you. You're, I love it. I love talking to you too. It's always fun. We always have a good time about these things. And I love talking to my girlfriends. Talk to your girlfriends, ladies. They bring it up. Especially if you have girlfriends who, who maybe have gone through it a little bit ahead of you. That made all the difference for me. My, my two best friends or three best friends reached menopause, maybe two or three years before me. And so because they were comfortable talking about it, I was comfortable enough to ask them about it. And when I started feeling some of these things, so that also helped as well. Right. Well, I think it also helps with going back to an earlier statement that we made around denial. I'll tell a little story. My hairdresser, who is one of my best friends, uh, she's, I knew my, I've, I've been with my hairdresser. She predates my husband. And I always make a joke that I'll cheat on my husband before I'll cheat on my hairdresser <laughs> and she's fantastic. And I was talking to her and she's like, yeah, menopause wasn't so bad for me. It was all great. Like I didn't have any hot flashes. And I said, Oh, mm-hmm. no <laughs> hot flashes. Lucky. Um, what, you know, what about your vagina? What about vaginal dryness is sex with your husband? Like comfortable? Oh no, it's really painful. Sometimes it can be painful. Uh, but you know, we do this and we do that. And I'm like, well, that's menopause, honey. Like that's, you know, you're going through it. Oh, okay. You know, so there's that little bit of denial still. So talk to your friends, bring up your vagina, bring up your irritability, bring up your irregular period, bring up that forgetfulness. Mm -hmm. I walked into the room. What the hell am I doing in this room? What was I looking for again? (laughs) That's, that's where kids come in handy. Yes. I'm like, why did I come in here? And they'll tell me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep. Kids do sometimes come in handy for that. That's true. We hope that today helped embrace the journey a little bit by hearing our stories. And we'll tell you more about ourselves. We will be unabashedly honest about what's going on. Right, Suzanne? Yeah, absolutely. And 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 we look forward and we're and we're, you know, this is kind of a, a nice little session for us just to be able to put it out there. And, and we're grateful that you are listening. And uh, at least I think you're listening. Are you, yes. Are you listening? <laughs> are you here? You can um, come to the cusp and tell us if you're listening or not. Go to thecusp.com or email us at support at thecusp.com. And we will support you. We will support you. And we will answer any question you might have. But yes, well, it's been... Use the word vagina. In our yeah. <laughs> make everybody uncomfortable (laughs) but actually we're gonna that's our goal to make everybody very comfortable with their vaginas very happy about that anyway thank you i'm very grateful for today i'm very grateful for having the opportunity to talk to my good friend suzanne and hopefully 
talk to all of you out there and that you are getting something out of Menopause Matters because you matter. And we look forward to doing more of this, right, Suzanne? We do. We do. And uh, I'm super excited about next week. I'm not going to tell you too much about it. We are going to be speaking with one of our uh, menopause experts and you're going to like it. Yes, exactly. Thank you again for joining us for Menopause Matters because you matter. We'll see you next week. 